this is the part two of our message last Sunday in our chapter to chapter, verse by verse uh, series in the book of Ephesians. Our title is Employers and Employees, part two. I'm going to be reading once again um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5 to 9. Um, Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ, not by way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, render service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. And masters, do the same things to them and give, them, give up threatening, knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no partial, partiality with them. This is the word of the Lord. Father, we thank you for this message. We thank you for um, giving us again the, this, this, um, this building with this group of people. Lord God, thank you for bringing us safe and sound from camp and giving us the strength in order for us to hear your word now. I pray, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit to be upon us. Teach us, Lord God, open our hearts and our minds. Father, speak to us, Lord God, and teach us. May your message, Lord God, may we receive it. May we be humble enough to admit whatever we need to admit and accept whatever it is that you want us to accept. Uh, forgive us, Lord, again, and help us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Um, okay, so we did uh, last Sunday, so hopefully you can keep up. I'm going to try to do another part of the employees in order to just keep everything together. Um, so the first part is, do it for the Lord, is, is the first point. You have to do it for the Lord. Verse 7 reads, with good, with good will, render service as to the Lord and not to men. Now, remember, um, in Matthew 6, uh, and 1 to 7, in Matthew 16 to 21, it's just about the verses about uh, giving and about praying. Now, Jesus clearly teaches us that whatever we do, we have to do it for the glory of God. So whether it's giving in private and not getting the applause of men, not for the applause of men, but giving to God in obedience to God, and at the same time about praying, not to get, again, the admiration of people because you can pray really well or because you're eloquent, right? But it's because you're praying to God and you're doing for Him. That's, that's what Jesus was teaching in Matthew 6, 1-7. And it's the same thing what Paul is somehow saying here, that with everything that we do, we have to always be, have to keep it in mind that we're doing it for the Lord. And if we do what we do as to the Lord, He who sees in secret will reward us in full, right? Openly at that day, that day that when we meet Jesus in heaven, He will reward us openly with a great audience. So try not to get your audience now because the applause here will, will, will fail. You might not even get enough, right? So do it for the Lord. So as an employee, that's what we need to always remember when we're doing it, uh, when we're working, we have, we have to keep in mind that we're doing it for the Lord. Now, 2 Timothy uh, 1, uh, 12 is, reads, For I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep what that which I have committed unto him against that day. Now, I am glad um, that whatsoever we commit unto the Lord Jesus, he is very capable. This is another version. He is capable and able to protect and keep for, for us until that day when we stand before him to receive our just reward. Now, servants of the living God, you have to give your master, good measure, heaped up, pressed down, and running over. Whatever you do, do it unto the Lord, not to please men, but because you are a son of God. Amen? You are his child. And it costs him a lot for us to be called that and to be considered that. So it's just right that we're doing everything for him. 
Now, if you were to review the life of Jacob, Lot, and David, and others, I'm sure you would find that God's love wondrously covers sin when sin is confessed and forsaken. But forgiveness, past, present, and future, depends upon Calvary. Because at Calvary, God was at His best, delivering heaven's best for earth's worst. And only through the shed blood of Calvary can such grace be bestowed upon sinners. So what's the point? Therefore, if God so loved us, we certainly ought to love Him. Amen? If we know that if it wasn't for God in the first place, our life is futile, correct? Now and in eternity. So having the grace that we receive from God, from Jesus, and when He shed His blood, our hearts must be full of love for God, and then it will give birth to gratitude. And with that heart of love and gratitude, everything that we do for Him, or everything that we do in our lives, even at our work, even with that annoying boss or supervisor, we are to do it for the Lord. Amen? Now, this is um, a quote from Dr. Bob Jones Sr. And he said, It is a sin to do less than your best. Do you agree? For every born-again person in public work, according to Dr. Bob Jones Sr., all of us saints of the living God, that we are sinning, according to him, we are sinning if we're doing less than our best. Let me say, you, you know, you may get away with a lot of things at work. You know, there, nobody's checking you, right? The supervisor's not there, or you're working at home, but you're watching Netflix half the time, and then you're doing your job a little, a little bit, just trying to get your paycheck you may play on the job and get away with it. You may say, well, other guys are doing it, other employees are doing it, so why not me? Why shouldn't I? Let me answer you why you shouldn't. The poor unbeliever is working only for a salary. But my dear brothers and sisters, you are serving the Lord at your work, in your warehouse at your restaurant, at the hospital that you work for, in your office. You are on your honor, right? Most of, we, we hate uh, helicopter bosses, the ones that are watching over our backs all the time or sh hovering on, on, on our, our sh shoulders. Because why? Because we're guilty sometimes, right? <laughs> we're like, oh, gosh, I can't believe he's here again. I can't go on can go on Zillow right? <laughs> or, or Facebook. It's, it's because, they're, because you have a plan. But we should be, be, because we're Christians, we should be honorable people. And then we have to always be thinking, I'm doing this for God. I'm working for God. I'm His testimony here. Now, your employer may trust you in every detail. That's the worst. If your employee, employer has trusted you, but then you are killing time, until 4.30, you know, you're grieving the Lord when you're doing that. We who are saved are to do whatsoever we do to the Lord, to the glory of God. As a believer, we should give our employer a good full hour. A good full hour, not 45 minutes, not 5 minutes. If they're paying you per hour, every hour must be worth it. If he or she pays us for eight hours, then we should give them seven and a half. <laughs> if we do that, then we have stolen half an hour. It is wrong to do less than your best, regardless of what you are doing, because you're doing it for the Lord. Amen? Your standards are higher. Our standards are higher. Do you agree? Maybe that's the problem. Maybe you haven't seen it in that, in that way, in the biblical, with the biblical perspective. Because everything that we do, we do unto the Lord. So that should be a Christian worker's, an employee's heart. Christianity is not a fire insurance policy against hell. Most of us, we've treated our Christianity as the triple A insurance. You have the card. In case of emergency, you call them and they'll come. 
But you know, it's not just a policy. Oh yeah, when I die, I go to heaven. Here's my card, Lord. No, it, Christianity is a lifestyle. Amen? Okay. Three people. Let's find them. two more than last week. It has been, it's been said yesterday. Yesterday at, at, at camp, Brother Vince mentioned it, and we've mentioned this many times, that you are the only Bible this careless world will read. You are the only Bible. Christian, right? You are the only Bible that this careless, godless, dark world will ever read. We are God's signboards in a sinful world. Men watch us and they judge Jesus by the way we live, by the way we work, by the way we act, and the way we talk. The most menial task, even cleaning out gutters, cleaning as a janitor here at church or at the public building at your work, the most menial routine of drudgery must be done as unto the Lord. Now, doesn't that make you feel like throwing the trash better? You know, like, oh, I'm doing it for the Lord, throwing the trash for God. I'm sweeping this floor for the Lord. No? <laughs> Maybe this verse will help. Colossians 3.23, it was in your shirts. It was on our shirts if you guys were observant. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. See, Christians, you have to change the way you look at things. It really is. That's what Romans 12, 2 is, right? We cannot be the same person. Christianity is helping us change from the inside out. The Holy Spirit, that's what He does. So it also pertains to our work. You have to think about it. If we are to do all things for the Lord, and if we fail, we are not failing our employer. We are failing our Savior. We are not to do what we do to please men. We are not to do what we do to be seen by men. A person who stands idle on the job, you know, the tambais there, you know, because the boss is not there, you're just standing, ah, chatting, or on your phone. And then as soon as you see the supervisor come in, you start acting as if you're working. You're a poor specimen. You're a poor example of Christianity. You are. Because you're just doing it for men. You're not doing it for God. You should not serve your boss or employer as any less faithfully when he is in another city or another state or another room. You have to serve your boss if and when, whether whether they are with you, standing right next to you or not. Remember, as children of God, we are to do all for the glory of Him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Should we just close in prayer? Because it seems like it's the same thing, right? It's like, nah. No, here's the second point. The Lord is good to reward the faithful. Verse 8 reads, Knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. Now think of it, knowing that whatsoever good we do, think about it, everything that we do, everything good that we do, if we do it as if we are working for the Lord, as if the Lord signed our paycheck, think about it, that's how it's what, say, that's what it's, it is saying. You're doing it as if it's God who's signing your check. Now it might not be God's signature in your check, but isn't it God that put you in that job? Some of you, right? Yeah. Isn't it God that gave you the strength to work? Yeah, more and more people are agreeing to that. Isn't it God that kept you healthy? Yes, yes. So who signed your check? God. So who should we be working for? God. So if we're failing, if we're failing in our jobs, who are we failing? God. You know, the Lord Jesus is... The Lord Jesus, he's a faithful paymaster. A paymaster is like a controller, right? The boss, he's the one that pays you. You know, Jesus, nothing misses his eye, right? Your supervisor, you might fool them more often than not. But Jesus, he, he will never overlook anything. He won't. That, that tissue that you took from your cabin today, 
God knows. <laughs> You're like, oh, is there extra money? Let me just take it home. God knows. That, that post-it that you took from the office and you brought at the house, God knows. The Lord keeps a record of whatever we do. You know, even the giving of a cup of cold water for His servants, God will reward you for that. Do you guys remember when Pastor Julius was preaching before, for those of you who were here? And he would always have like a struggle with his throat in the middle of his message. And I used to race for that water, you know. I used to race for that water to give him water. And, he, and then, you know, he would say, oh, the Lord will bless you. And then when other people heard that, they would race me, box me out from the water thing. Because like, I want this blessing. You know, all right, you, you take it this Sunday, I'll take it next. You know, because everything that we do, everything that we do, God rewards us. Everything that you do here at church Everything that you do for the Lord here at church, everything that you do for your wife, for your husband, for your children, for the Lord, if you're doing it as to the Lord, God will reward you for that. You know, um, how about the, the widow, the widow with the two mites, right? The most humble of gifts. That will not go unrewarded. Remember, Jesus said she gave her all. We will receive in full from our paymaster, which is Jesus, when we are rewarded for our stewardship, our stewardship of our time, our stewardship of our life, our strength, our money. The Christian slave can know that his heavenly master will not fail to recompense his work. Every good thing done, whether by bond or by free, is known to the Lord and shall be rewarded by His grace. Amen? Amen. Amen. That should give us hope, Christians. Seriously, don't let, this, don't let that truth just slide you. Like, oh yeah, I need to be good. I need to be better at work. No, this is, you need to really take this in. It will remove the long eight hours like, oh my gosh, it's not Thursday yet. I need to pay bills. No, it will change everything for you. It will change everything for you. Because now you're there like, God still wants me here. Who does God want me to share the gospel to or with? Who does God want me to bring to church, bring to Jesus? Why am I still here? God still wants me here. Yeah, I'm working, I'm picking up a box, but God wants me to pick up this box. Yeah, I'm busting a table, but God wants me to bust that table. It will change everything for you. All right, maybe. How about a bong story? Now, Bong, Bong became a government employee. Bong became a government employee. Yeah, he's moving up in life, you know. So as a government employee, he's sitting in his office, and, and he was bored. He was bored out of his mind. So he decided to see what was inside of his old filing cabinet. So he poked around through the contents, folders, lots of things. But then he saw an old brass lamp. He's, he never saw it before. So he starts cleaning it. And then there was a genie. A genie came out. And then the genie said, Hello, Bong. You have three wishes. Whatever you ask, you will have. So Bong goes, Oh, really? Let me see if this is true first. Give me an ice-cold Coca-Cola right now. Bing. You know, gets the Coke. He's like, Wow, this is real. This, this genie guy is real. Bong's was pretty excited. He goes, Okay, for my second wish, I, want, I wish... To be in an island with all my high school friends that loved me. And suddenly he was in an island in the Philippines, Boracay, to be specific. With all his high school buddies, they were all supplied. Oh, what are you doing here? Oh, this genie I found. And then for his third wish, he told the genie, Genie, on my third wish, I wish I'd never have to work again. Instantly, he goes back to his government office. <laughs> Did you get it? Okay, never mind. <laughs> so whatever, whatever you do, if you're doing it for the Lord, whether somebody's watching you or not, God is watching you. God is watching you. Amen? Amen. Brings us to our third point. God knows and God sees. Verse 9 reads, And masters do the same things to them and give up threatening, knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. 
I have to look at Jamie because she was the one that really... Partiality. Now, to those of you who are masters, the employers, the supervisors, the business owners, the ones with employees, I said supervisors too, right? We have, uh, let, me, let me give a warning. Please don't be mad at me. <laughs> don't be a slave driver. A slave driver is a person who works others very hard, right? Give me some water, and while you're at it, give me some soup when you come back. And why are you coming back? Do 10 push-ups for me. No, that type of thing. You can't be, do not be lords over God's heritage. Don't be overbearing. An overbearing person is, is, is someone who's harsh and someone who's arrogant. And don't be threatening them. You know, don't be saying, if you don't do this, I'll fire you. I can get another guy right away. Okay, we're not talking about husbands and wives right now, but that's the same thing, okay? <laughs> if you don't do this, I'm leaving you. That's threatening. You can't be doing threatening. Because we, we, we have to know that us too, we have a master, right? We have a master who is in heaven. And that one day we will all stand before him. Now I am sure you want your master, our master, to deal with us mercifully, right? I think so. We, we want him to, to, to treat us with mercy. We want him to treat us with love and kindness. So we have to remember, in Galatians 6, 7, it reads, A man reaps what he sows. So this is the part where we discuss about employers. This is where Paul starts addressing the slave owners. Now, why doesn't he tell them to, be free, to free their slaves? Remember, we discussed this last Sunday. Probably many Christians did exactly that, though. Uh, the, the, the commentators in, in, in about this verse, they said that many Christians during Paul's time released their slaves. They gave them options, but most of their slaves wanted to stay with them and they became bond servants or bond slaves. Bond slaves are the ones that chose to stay. But in effect, that would have had no immediate impact on the practice of slavery. It didn't. But Christians were a big movement. They were the big cause of slavery being, uh, being ended. Did Paul realize that God has his time and place for everything? Do you think Paul knows that, that everything is in God's time and, and, and God's place? Yes. God, uh, Paul understood that sometimes more is accomplished through uh, deprivation of liberty, taking away the liberty. Because sometimes if we're too free, we're careless. Do you agree? No? Maybe just me then. Yeah, if, if, if I'm given too much freedom, that's when I screw up. But if I'm, if I'm given some strict guidelines, tendency is I make less mistakes because I know where my borders are. It is the suffering of believers rather than their prosperity that God used to advance His kingdom and build His church. Did you know that? We learn more during our suffering time than our prosperity. Correct? Yes, yes. Because when the sun is out, people don't go to church. <laughs> but I find out too that when the snow is out on the road, people still want to go to church too. So maybe when it rains, maybe people will be at church because there's nothing to do. But there, it's not slippery. But see, the Christian master, going back to the Christian master, then and now has important responsibilities. So if you are an owner and an employer, a Christian employer, a Christian business owner, a Christian supervisor, you have to know that the gospel that you have it should transform your perspective. Us, the employer, or you, the employer, you, the supervisor, you, the boss, you are called to serve Christ. Amen? So again, the, the whole essence is both the employer and the employees that these verses have been talking about are Christians. Correct? 
and the ones that have been walking with the Spirit. Now, as an employer who is a Christian, you are to treat even your employees who are not Christians with respect. It's the same thing. You just don't respect the Christians. God forbid, right? Because those employees of yours, those are the same people that God has brought across your life in order for them to maybe, right, to maybe accept Christ as their Lord, hopefully. To be a master who expresses in practical ways what it means to be a new man in Christ. That's what a Christian employer is. Masters are to do the same to, to their slaves. Despite very difficult, despite very different social spheres, both master and slave live out the same kingdom principles in all their relationships. Um, hold on. As a result, in sharp contrast that to many ungodly slave owners, the Christian master does not threaten. Uh, the ESV translation says, stop your threatening. Suggests that some Christians, Christian masters still needed to work on this principle during Paul's time. As some Christian fathers needed the words, do not provoke your children. Church, a few more minutes. Grace transforms... Threats into encouragement. Now, Christian employers, Christian supervisors, Christian bosses, business owners, look at this. Because grace in itself means, right, you don't deserve it. So try to give it to them too. Now, I'm not saying to be a pushover, but I'm just saying to approach your work, just like the employee, right, just approach it as if you're dealing, knowing that God is also your master, watching you very close. Imagine what a surprise it must have been to slaves whose, slaves whose master was converted when the spirit of the entire household was transformed. Imagine. Are you that type of Christian supervisor or boss? Are you that boss when people will, when you go in at your work, they'll say, Praise God, our boss is here. I'm glad he just came from church last Sunday. We should have a great day today. Are you that type of boss? Or are, there, or are you the type when you, when you walk in, they're like, oh, gosh. Here we go. I hope the pastor got through him. <laughs> I hope her quiet time was worth it today. Right? You should be like Boaz. Remember in Ruth 2, 4? Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. You know, it's like, it's like hey, here's the good fella right here. They start singing, for he's a jolly good fella. <laughs> he's a They're cheering him on. They're, Our boss is here. We love this guy. Are you that type of Christian supervisor or, or, or boss, or they're like, ugh, ugh, kill me now. I can't wait to retire or quit. Boaz was a God-fearing man. He loved God, and his attitude and his treatment towards his slaves reflect that. Because a lot of the com uh, commentaries that I've read, a lot of them are saying that this is true. This was a true, sincere exchange of admiration. Boaz loved them, and they loved Boaz. Imagine what kind of world our city will be, our, your life will be at work, if your supervisor is a Christian and, and they're, they're that type of boss or supervisor. People who work at Chick-fil-A, the, the, the reason why they say it's my pleasure, because they get treated really well by the company, because it's a Christian-owned company, Right? And then they get Sundays off. They get Sundays off. Because church is important for Christians. Amen, Vince? Amen. I guess only if you work for Chick-fil-A do you get really rewarded to go to church. You're like, yeah, I'm off today. It's Sunday. Right? In and out employees, they get paid really well. They get treated really well because it's a Christian company. So is, is, is your business employers, business owners, are your employees feeling the same way? 
as Boaz's employees, when you tell them, God bless you, you want to come to church? Oh, yes, we want to go to church with you. Because obviously, you've changed. Or you say, you want to go to church with me? No, hypocrite. <laughs> what did you say? Nothing. <laughs> Can I get a day off? <laughs> it's, it should be the opposite. It should, this should be, this is our design. This is our blueprint, Christians. If you are thinking about opening your own business, you have to have this kind of heart. Amen? No, last part. No favoritism. Verse 9, it reads, And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. Now, favoritism, God hates that. Do you agree? Yeah, there's, there's verses. This is one verse, but there's other verses. This is Proverbs 20, 23, and there's also Proverbs 11, 1. Proverbs 20.10, that's all, all saying the same thing. The Lord detests double standards. He is not pleased by dishonest scales. Not because your employee is Filipino, you favor them more. Not because your employee is a Christian, you favor them more. Not because your employee is a girl just like you, you favor them more. Or he's good looking, or she's good looking, or she smells good and he stinks. You can't have favorites. Because God detests that. The Christian master does not show partiality. Like his master, Jesus, he will begin to demonstrate grace without qualifications. The master realizes that he is not Lord. Christ alone is. And he is Lord of both slaves and master. Christ is. Christ is above all. Amen? Now, before Him, both are equal. Everybody at the foot of the cross, we're all equal. Now, who are we to judge others and make favorites? That doesn't make you a good employer. It doesn't make you a good supervisor. He judges all by the same impartial, divine standards. Therefore, the master is over the servant, is not a special one in the eyes of the master in heaven. They are all in the same category. Sinners... That's what Christians are, right? Sinners who needed a Savior. And we admitted it, and we did it. That's what we are. And we are all saved in the same way, through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. So that's why there's no favoritism. I know, I know it's hard for me to, to kind of bring this in here, but I have to. People think I have favorites here at church. I don't. I don't. I love all of you equally. But do I spend more time with certain people? Yes, because they come to me. <laughs> now, if you're not coming to me, I, I won't force myself to you. Right? It's just fair. But if they're calling me, I'm calling them back. They're texting me, I'm texting them back. They want to hang out, I hang out with them. There's no favorites. See, it, it really is human nature, right? Same with the corporation. It's whoever has the, who's the, whoever is the teacher's pet, whoever is the supervisor's pet, right? There's, there's no such thing. Here at church, there's no such thing. Do I get along better with other people? Yes, because we've known each other for so long. They know my quirks, I know theirs. Now, again, in, in Christianity, there is no favoritism. Don't let the enemy, don't let the enemies lie don't believe it. I have no favorites. I mean, my children, my, my children take the side row. They take the back of, the, of my day if I have to attend to somebody. For example, Annalou during when uh, Chuck Phillips died. Before Chuck's, our, our late bro, our, our brother who is now in heaven, Chuck, Tita Ella's um, late husband, when he died, Annalou got hurt. It was, it was Gianna's birthday, May 31. The balloon popped, and there was a light, a small light thing that hit Anna's uh, eye. But then it was the same time as I got the call from Ateella saying that Chuck is, is probably going to die today. We need you here. 7.30 in the morning. Annalou's like crawling, not crawling, but like 
But I thought it was a balloon. I'm like, come on, babe, it's a balloon, you know? Like, what happened here? Isn't it, be tough, walk it off, you know? But then she goes, okay, babe, go, go. I'll just lie down here. And it was Gianna's birthday, okay? So Gianna's birthday has to take a back seat. So I tended to at the Ella. And true enough, Brother Chuck and Vincent them and Tita Roda were there. Brother Chuck did go to the Lord that day. But my family took the back seat of my life there. Now, is there favoritism there? Did I favor Chuck and Ateella? No, it's, it's me attending to my flock. But my family had to take the back seat that day. But there are, day, there are days that I need to be a dad to my children. There are days I need to be a husband to my wife. But there's no favoritism. I have to address this maybe silent thing that's going on here. There is no favorites. I even try to tell this to my children. There's, I don't favor the church more than them, as much as I don't favor them more than what God co- will call me to do during that day. Just like Abraham. Remember when Abraham was asked to bring his son, the promised son, to be sacrificed in the mountain? Remember that? And then when, right before he was going to stab the, babe, the, the boy, God said, don't touch the boy. Because when we serve God, there should be no favoritism. When we serve God, and we're doing everything us unto the Lord, right? When we serve God, we serve God and Him alone. Correct? So, no favoritism. Our, Christ, our Christian life is a unique life. One lesson that our Christian life teaches us is to get over the confusion. Whether there's two realities in our life. Our secular life and our biblical life. There's no such thing. We are Christians seven days a week, 24 hours. Amen? You're a Christian in this church and you're a Christian at your work. And the way you treat your Christian brothers and sisters here should be with love, grace, and mercy. And the way you treat your co-workers, your boss, your employees should be with grace, love, and mercy. There's no double edge. There's no double standards. No favoritism. Now, have you learned that from the gospel? <laughs> have you learned it that the gospel can work anywhere, at any circumstance? The grass always seems to be greener somewhere else, somewhere else correct? Yeah, I think it's greener in the Philippines. I think it's greener in Mexico. I think it's greener in California. I think it's greener in a different state. The gospel's power is not dependent on favorable human situations or sympathetic people, but on the power of God, the grace of Christ, amen, and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Church, whatever pandemic comes out again, whatever virus comes out again that they want to try to scare you with, and they say, it's only in Nevada. So everybody's going to say, let's pack our bags. Let's go to Washington State. No, it's not where the place is. It's not the place. It's not who the president is. It's not who your governor is. It's peace and safety is where God wants you to be. Amen? Now, peace and safety and where God wants you to be doesn't necessarily make you happy. Do we agree? Just ask any married people. I'm kidding. <laughs> just, just ask anybody that has followed God's will. It's not always a family camp, right? It's not always a walk in the park. Sometimes, most of the time, it's a battlefield. So, Christian employers, Christian employees, there's no favoritism. And in the gospel of Jesus Christ, the way we look at things, the way we have to look at our work is how you see God's grace. It will change things for you. If the gospel of Jesus Christ can work under those circumstances, it can surely work where you spend 40 hours or more each week. Do you agree? Amen, amen. That's our message. That's our message for the employers and the employees. This is a conclusion. Before we leave this section of this study, let me point out that we will receive that we will receive from the hand of our Almighty God exactly what is coming to us. No more, no less. God will give us what we deserve. No more, no less. We reap what we sow. As we treat those who are under us, 
so shall we be treated when we receive the reward for our stewardship. You may rest assured that faithful service unto the Lord will receive a full reward. Okay, now, if, if you know how to good, give a good reward or a good gift to your people, God will beat you one million times over. Now, this is the other truth. While unfaithful service, unfaithful service will certainly cause your reward to be burned. Amen? So watch it. We have to watch it. Everything that we do, we do it unto the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you very much for your patience. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your message for us. I thank you for uh, guiding us tonight. I thank you for protecting us. And I thank you for speaking to us. We pray for our hearts and our minds and our spirits and our souls, Lord God, to be truly focused on you. I pray, Father God, that your message for us, that everything that we do, we do for you. May it be real, Lord God, as early as we stepped out of this building, as early as Monday, Lord God. Father, help us to see things, Lord God, the way you truly want us to see it. And may we not get tired of doing the right thing, Lord God. May we not get tired of believing in you. May we not get tired of following and obeying you. All these things we ask in your son's sweet and mighty name. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's all rise for the closing song. Decisions you want to make this evening, if you have any prayer request, if you have any prayer needs, please come up so we can pray for you. If, um, if you've been coming to this church and the Lord has impressed it in your heart to become a part of it, please come up so we can recognize you. Or if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord, please come up so we can recognize you.
last Mother's Day, and last Mother's Day, she prayed to receive Christ. So let's give her a round of applause. Yes, that's why she, I asked her to come up here so we can make that announcement to everybody. Uh, she says she, she loves this church because everybody's welcoming. Uh, I, think she, I think she meant that. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, everybody's welcoming and, and the Holy Spirit's been, um, uh, it's more reveal, revealing things to her. And she said, she, ever since then, she has picked up her Bible again, and um, her friend Judy's really helping her. So let's give her, let's give the Lord a round of applause. All right, church, let's close in prayer. Uh, Father God, we just thank you for uh, this night, for this time to be your presence, Father, with your people. Um, we just ask tonight that we, uh, we take what we learned, that we, um, we do our work unto you, but Father, that we also um, just remember that even though our, uh, our bosses, our supervisors, they may not be able to see uh, or know what we're doing at all times, Father, you do. Uh, there's nothing that escapes your vision, your sight, 
Father, let us just continually strive to please you and you alone, to make sure that we are living our lives uh, as Christians in a way that would be pleasing to you, that would um, that would lead others to you, that would make people want to know why we're different and why we do what we do. And uh, Father, just give us the courage to tell them that it's because of you. Um, don't let us shy away from the opportunities that you present to us each and every week, every day. Um, let us just uh, remember that it was you who gave us eternal life through your son. And you called us to go and make disciples of all nations, not just the people that we think deserve to hear it, Father. But if you put somebody in our lives, in our paths uh, this week, Father, just give us the wherewithal, the, the, um, the discernment, and uh, just to tell them why our work is, is so good. And Father, help us to do our work unto you each and every day. Help us to not forget what we learned when we leave this building tonight. Help us to remember that we are Christians 24-7. That we don't get to take time off from being a Christian like we get to take time off from work. Father, we just love you so much, and it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. I'm not gonna live by what I see. I'm not gonna live by what I feel. 